0: Salutations, my friends, and thank you for tuning in to a very special edition of Factions of Freedom. This is the Season 10 premiere episode. I am your host, Noise Era, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer. And I have titled this episode, Antagonizing Anarchy, Climate Refugees, and Sovereign Existences. Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, it's not business as usual. These days are getting increasingly crazy. I think everybody can see it. You guys hear me address my global temper tantrum, uh, my moments of weakness, personal growth, and spiritual journey in this, sexual, in this actual episode. It's very rough. I'll tell you that much. I also want to give a huge shout out to our 27 exclusive members for securing Instagram Live on Tuesday for you, the audience. That's right. They did that. They did that. I also want to say if you guys want to unlock, unlock live shows for Friday, we're going to need 40 exclusive members to do so. You're going to hear me talk more about this relationship this synergistic relationship we have me providing the content you guys are providing the support you're going to hear me talk more about that in this edition and why it's important as i said before it's not business as usual and we all need to double down on our commitments that's what you guys heard me freak out about and the welcome to 2020 minicast uh which you can find in the description bar below we have a lot of different things lined up for you good for you ladies and gentlemen and this year set out to be a crazy one. But I don't want to spoil anything. I want to say thank you guys for tuning in to the, like I said, this very special edition. And with that being said, let's start the show and the season. Salutations, my friends. And thank you for tuning in to the season premiere of season 10. That's right, we're back, with a lot to say, because I feel like uh, we always leave things. I I don't really do cliffhangers at all very well. I don't do breaks at all very well. Uh, And I have a lot of different things to say, you know, I have literally like three or four different opening statements written out, and I'm just gonna kinda pick the best parts from each, and probably if anything, just shoot you guys straight, You know, because this year is 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 intense. You know, I'm literally coming back off of the heels of Virginia uh, and the gun confiscation rally. They they went ahead and passed that. Uh, The red flags that's going on, the coronavirus that China's somehow got. You know, war with Iran, (laughs) censorship off the charts. I'm coming back to this. My birthday's next week, and we're in a whole new decade. It's a lot going on. You know, I got I told you guys too. I, I I uh. I'm getting more involved in my best way to say it you know i think without rambling and doing like the typical show stuff i think i should just shoot you guys straight uh if you guys didn't listen to the welcome to 2020 uh instagram live that we did where i basically broke down and told you guys that we need your support and we're going to continue to need your support going into the future because it's going to be intense as you can tell everything's setting up and if we're not ready for it we're going to get caught slipping i told guys towards the end of 2019 that this world that we're going into it's going to be drastically different uh you know there's 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 so many different things i want to address but I, I, l- let me stick to the break let me let me let me stick to you know the the kind of crisis that you guys saw me going through during the break you know the doubt that came with doing this the the, the internal struggle you know there's a lot of things that i went through as an individual during the break and during the season that I only literally, literally only get so much time to digest with. You know, on top of having to do the work, post the content, you know, and still keep things running. I don't really get time to myself. And so whenever I have these breaks, I really am able to just like decompress. And it's strange because I, I feel in completely different ways. I understand things differently. I, I I I joke about how I wish I was normal. And then I get out there and I hang out and I do normal things. And I can see why people are are the way they are today. The sadness in their hearts. You know, we, 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 we talked about the nihilism and the apathy and how that was a major factor of 2019 and how even today, going into 2020, how suicide rates are off the charts. It, it's insane. What they want us to think as normal. What's been normalized. The insanity. I mean, heck, I told you guys this just the other day. I'm driving down the street, I see a tank. That's not normal. We're about to see troops... You know, patrolling the streets, that's not normal. Uh, and they're, they're, they're desensitizing us with all this open carry and all this uh, this gun worship, this gun culture, and so much more. But I think you guys get what I'm trying to say. Operations such as ours are unique in the fact that we're able to address so many different issues and trying to find uh, the varying the various correlating factors between them all and what kind of stage that sets, the landscape, what kind of landscape that is for the future and for now. I tell you, the, uh, during my, my break, my little existential crisis, what I call my global te- temper tantrum, because while I was having my temper tantrum and you guys were seeing, so we're celebrities, so we're uh, law enforcement, so we're uh, White House officials, so we're uh, entertainers, so we're you know, a, lot of, a lot of influential people. I talked to a lot, of, a lot of you guys during this freakout break, because this is as much my show as it is yours. Let me say that one more time. This is as much my show as it is yours. We're 10 seasons into this now, gang. We have a unique operation. Somehow, we're still here. We have one of the keys. I don't know what it is. And, I, and, I, and, you, and you guys see me always trying to hand the key off. Fumbling around with it, not really sure what to do. We have whatever key it is that allows us to operate in the capacity that we do, and we get the attention. So when I'm having these these little temper tantrums, people are watching, and people do reach out. I mean, heck, even coming into this week, you know, I've I've had so many different uh, business opportunities. I'll say that with air quotes that I've had to turn down, uh, and so much stuff hush hush in the background that it's crazy. My life is crazy, and trying to trying to trying to slow it all down to act normal sometimes does it a disservice it really does uh, and I learned that and I'm learning that where I've been put because of you guys those aforementioned celebrities the the activists you know the influence the influencers and so much more where I have been put into this position because of what I'm doing uh, it truly is an honor it, it blows my mind and I say that a lot but I really think I don't I don't understand it or I didn't understand it until now. Like I said, the the, the, the support that we received whenever we had this temper tantrum, it was it was at first superficial, but then whenever I actually let the floodgates through, uh, it was more real. It was deep. You know. And, and and I'm trying to say thank you in so many different ways. And I'm trying to say that you have my commitment to do better, but you also have to commit to me to help support me. That's how this works. I've gone through for these past few seasons just, like, grinding it out as much as I could. But I want to do more. You see the times. You see the writing on the wall. There's more expected of us all, and that's why we have to commit to it. You know, I, I, before, before none of this is clear, – clearly none of this is on the uh, actual opening statements. Otherwise, it would sound a lot more suave. <laughs> yeah, it's sophisticated. But here I am just trying to get back into the groove. You know, just before I came onto the air, I, I – I had this, I was explaining how this is, getting back into the Freedom Faction modality and trying to put together work for, for Factions of Freedom, it's almost like writing an essay every, every week, putting together a presentation every week, and then speaking about it, uh, and having points proven and all kinds of other stuff like that every single week. And so that's a different modality. That gives you a purpose. It makes you driven. You stay focused. You get detail-oriented. You want to get things done. And these days, that's not really being promoted. A lot of people get caught up on distractions. And trust me, there's plenty. But this is why operations such as ours are important. And I don't mean to toot our own horn. I'm trying to toot your horn, if anything, trying to say this is what we've created as as an operation. And we will do more. This is why I need you guys to commit to me. Join our exclusive members program. This, is, this isn't a pitch. I'm going to make a whole separate video for that. Don't you worry. But join our exclusive members program. Support an independent operation. Heck, if sometimes whenever you join the, uh, the exclusive members, you, you end up joining uh, or helping the Free Thought Project. You got to think. Think about the different people that we've had on the show. Think about the people that we need to have on the various shows. Think about the different type of work we could do, but we're only able to provide so much with the bandwidth we're operating in not to quote Elon Musk. And I know it seems like I'm ranting, but this is the closest thing that I could do to give you guys an opening statement to consolidate what happened during the break, but at the same time prepare you for the in- intrinsic year we are about to have. It is definitely going to be one for the history books, and I want to make sure that I that I bring you guys along the way. Uh, you, you guys have heard me mention uh, that you guys have basically unlocked uh, Instagram Live with the 26th, or the now 27 patrons we have. And if we get 40 live members, 40 exclusive members, we'll begin to do a live video show on Friday where you guys can call in or you, or you can join Instagram Live or it's just something dedicated ex- exclusively to exclusive members and possibly even eventually uh, to the public. The idea is to give you guys a voice. Look at this platform we've created. Look at this network that we're a part of. Look at the things that are our, at our disposal. And, 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 and nine times out of ten, the only thing that's holding us back from being even more organized and sophisticated is funding. We can we can put out amazing content, amazing reports, have fantastic interviews, do all kinds of crazy things. But when it comes to the finance, we drop the ball. And that's something we're going to fix because there's even something bigger coming down our line, guys. That's what's crazy. We're not even operating at our best. We You, you, you haven't seen our best yet. And I say our because, I mean... Uh, you know in lakesh i am another you you know i represent you you represent me we're we're not operating at our best but that's what's crazy is it took 10 seasons almost uh half a decade to get to this point gang and that's why we are the freedom faction that's why we are all factions of freedom and if anything liberation legion we are all designed to sit here and help humanity. That's why it's so rough. There's no guidebook for this. There's no course for this. can't get educated on this. It's the hard truth. And living in it, living in that authenticity, that's something that, that is something that I'm sure we'll, 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 we'll delve even deeper in as this year goes by. I, I, like I said, guys, I was out there. feels like out there in the wild, out there with everybody else, Feeling what they talk about, waiting for Rick and Morty, you know, t- still talking about Game of Thrones. Oh, Avengers! You know, Thanos and all of these things, and R- Ricky Gervais and you know, uh, superficial things. People have truly, and I, and I talk about this all the time. People, they have they've killed incentive to live. They have killed the incentive for us to want to be better, to strive to build something. This is why I talk about that pro-human Renaissance-based future. I hate getting caught up in the politics and the messiness of it all, but you understand why we have to have purpose-driven work, something that regenerates us, something that revitalizes that core. You don't come here, over here on Factions of Freedom, you don't tune in to this show every single week to hear about the news. A part of you comes here to get something tickled inside of you, and that's why I do it some weird way to inspire you, to motivate you to do better because that's what's been taken from us. And that's what I realized out there. It's cold. It's harsh. There's not a lot of love out there. And that's why you have to be the light. And it's weird recognizing it. Someone like me. It's just weird recognizing that you're a part of the light. That you do help people. (sighs) You know, you do more than you think. That's why I have this reluctance towards leadership. It's not my... It's not my primary... I don't act this way, but whenever you're underneath this much assault, as we said before, as we broke down you guys in various mini-casts towards the last, of, oh, towards the end of last year, through, we're, we're under psychological warfare, biological warfare, uh, spiritual warfare, and uh, psychological, biological, spiritual, and emotional warfare. If you want to say that as well, just just go ahead and throw that in there. It's so much warfare going on. That's why we're changing. Is because of the adversity that we're facing. And you can, you can either shrivel and cower in front of all that seeming... You can shrivel and cower in the face of what seems like insurmountable odds. Or you can overcome these things. That's why they're put there. You are not given anything that you cannot overcome. The choice is whether or not you want to. And one of the things I learned about this podcast, this this, this blog, this thing that we do, this operation, this project that we have, this thing we're doing is that we have a little bit of everything. A little bit of uh, life coaching, a little bit of news, a little bit of flaws, a little bit of you know nonsense, a little bit of everything. I'm real. I'm not fake like all these other people. I can't fake it till I make it. I shoot you straight. And that's something we're losing. We're losing that, that deep kinship, that ability to have real and authentic relationships, not only with ourselves, but with others and our environment. And that's all I'm about. That's all I've figured out. I've gone from eating, well, you know, I still cook a steak every Sunday or so. Uh, Greta Thunberg might be upset, but I I go from eating steak and potatoes to having, you know, uh, (laughs) to having salads after workouts, you know, and uh, blueberry smoothies to help becoming like addicted to magnesium and fish oil. Oh, good Lord. And that's where I'm at. That's where we're at because that's what it's about. Not virtue signaling, but getting the job done and being the best version of yourself that you can be in these times. So I want to say thank you guys. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning in to the season premiere of season 10 of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noisera Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer. And with that being said, let's start the show. Yeah. So, as you can tell, this is not going to be business as usual. This show is not going to be, this episode might be business as usual, but this show and what we're doing is not going to be business as usual. This year is not going to be business as usual. This decade is not going to be business as usual. We've all grown up together. You guys have seen me fail. Some of you long-time listeners have heard my father go through prostate cancer. You guys have, uh, some of my friends, have seen me transform from literally just another punk kid to over here running this operation. This is not business as usual. This is why I'm telling you guys that there's a different part of us that's required. Some of the back-end conversations I'm having with people is about how... Here's the best way to do it for the podcast. I remember whenever we had Rob of Truth and Vibration on, who I'm sure we'll have on uh, throughout the entirety of this year and more. I remember the last time we had him on, we talked about how certain technologies are not being made available to us because we don't have the right mindset. Certain technologies aren't being made available to us because we can't comprehend what real technology would look like. We have toxic thoughts. We're not able to wield certain powers because we're incapable of of finding that inner strength to do the work that needs to be done. That's what's happening now. A separation of the wheat from the chaff. This is why I say black sheep a lead in the family, because there's a certain type of energy that's in the working right now, and I, I think you guys can understand that. I'm what some people might call batshit crazy, and I can understand that. But I use my craziness for good. Not like all these other sociopathic and psychopathic people who try to energy vampire you and take everything that, that you, you hold sacred, no. I try to remind you of what it, is, what it is that you do need to hold sacred, why it is important that we have wholesomeness, decency. I don't want to say puritan values. Good Lord knows I'm not. But trying to, try to, try to understand God, trying to understand the light, trying to understand things greater than yourself. We're soldiers of hope. But you don't really see that these days. You see a lot of submission and obedience to being taught. But back to the mindsets that are required for the future, you see a lot of people scared of what's on the horizon, not staring into it, trying to tap into the better aspects of themselves. You see them hesitating, not digging deep to become the best part of themselves to handle that. I mean, think about it. If a bear's coming your way, are you going to start cowering in fear, You know, uh, uh, relieving yourself leaving a trail for that, beer, for that bear or are you going to climb up that tree or are you going to try to figure out how to outsmart that bear and I'm not saying I'm going to out, you know, go out there and go wrestle a bear or anything of this nature but you, you, you get the context of what I'm trying to say right? you cannot shy in the face of adversity we have got to rise and all throughout 2019 you guys heard the emotional modulation that I was going through and then I kind of dipped in between the break and I tell you this because I'm a real person and if you're not going through it like that, you're probably not real. You're not committed. There's a lot of growth that has to individually take place when you do this type of work and whenever you're involved in trying to make a better, making, making the future get here safely. Because let me tell you, it's running up on us. And I don't think a lot of people are prepared. I myself am not. That's another word that's just been chiming in the back of my head, eating away at my conscience. Just prepare, 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 prepare. And I don't know for what. Could it be the fact that we have this now coronavirus Spreading around, literally disabling hospitals because they're unable to treat all the people within them, killing people. Who knows? Who knows? Could it be the fact that we are talking gradually about civil war, martial law, the boogaloo, all these other things? I don't know. But that word prepare is in the back of my head. And this is not going to be a normal year. It's not going to be business as usual. So let's get into this segment. Even though I told you guys we were already going to start the show, let's get into this segment. I am calling it Antagonizing Anarchy because you can tell we're right there. You're right there. <laughs> can you not tell that we're like literally on the precipice of chaos? And to be honest, I think that's a good thing. If, if you want my truth, I think that is a good thing because uh, you got to rip that band-aid off eventually. Am I right? You got to let that pain come through. Got to let it get out, so that the healing can take place. And I thoroughly believe that's where we're at right now. Check this out. This is an article that comes from End Times headline. They put this up January seventeenth. It says forty percent of the world's countries could witness civil unrest in twenty twenty. This next one comes from Summit.News. News. It's from Paul Joseph Watson. It says forty percent of countries in the world experience are expected to experience civil unrest in twenty twenty. And that's according to a new study. We're going to get into that here shortly. But I wanted to double back on the question I asked you, good people, uh, on our Instagram story. About whether or not you're able to see uh, the gradual mobilization and activation of the masses. Can you? Can you see everybody literally being activated? I talked about this on this week's Instagram Live. And how, you know, in the World Economist magazine, I think in like 2016, whenever Donald Trump first got in, they put uh, the, the tarot cards of the world all over it. And one of the tarot cards were various groups holding different banners or walking through a valley with death overlooking it. And I asked myself, even then, I was like, what, did that, what does that mean? Fast forward to where we're at four years later. Could it mean that all these people getting up and raising awareness. What are they really doing? Wasting time. We've talked about Moses Wetz. We've talked about uh, that little Mexican girl, that little eight-year-old Mexican girl, Guadalupe Cruz, the girl that's over there creating solar water heaters. We're over here talking about how people are truly creating a boiling slat, the kid that's creating uh, or cleaning up the, 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 the Great Pacific Ocean patch. We're talking about individuals who are going out of their way to be these real lights upon the earth doesn't take mobilized masses, that's why all these people still haven't found the cure for cancer. It takes the, the power and the due diligence, the perseverance of one individual to truly spark change. Oh, but don't you tell that to Greta Thunberg. You see, that's the problem. People want saviors. They don't want to save themselves. I, I, I digress. Let me, let me get back into this. Um, the question I'd asked is just that can you see the gradual mobilization and activation of the masses? And people said, yes, they can. Another question we'll get into later on in the third segment, because I'm going to switch it up. I'm trying to dedicate that to some of the Instagram uh, exclusive questions and so much more, but um, are people waking up or are we being programmed? This is something people need to think about as we go in, as we go forward into these days of civil unrest. This is what I mean. By antagonizing anarchy here, let's get into this article. It says almost a quarter of the world's countries witnessed a surge in protest and unrest last year, and that figure is set to rise in twenty twenty, according to a new study. There are one hundred and ninety five countries in the world, if the Vatican and the Palestine are included, or in Palestine are included, and a newly released index of civil unrest has claimed that forty seven of those states witnessed a rise in civil unrest in twenty nineteen. The data model published Thursday by socioeconomic and political anal- analyst Verisisk Maplecroft interesting, has also predicted that in 2020 the number will balloon to 75 countries. The UK consultancy identified Hong Kong and Chile as the two flashpoints suffering the largest increase in, so- in unrest since the beginning of 2019. Free Hong Kong. Neither country is expected to find peace for at least two years, according to the research. Other areas considered hotbeds of civil unrest, of civil protest, including Nigeria, Lebanon, and Bolivia. Beyond these three, countries dropping into categories labeled extreme risk include Ethiopia, India, Pakistan, and Zimbabwe. Since the previous index released, Sudan has overtaken Yemen to become the highest risk country globally. Sudan has has been locked in crisis since rule Ruler Amar al-Bashir was overthrown in April. The country has been beset by protests and killings as military forces battle pro-democracy supporters to control the country. Conflict in Yemen has been raging since 2015 as Shia and Sunni Muslim res- forces wrestle for power. Maple Cross predictions for 2020 are bleak with both the number of countries, countries witnessing protests and the intensity of unrest. Tip to the rise, the index predicts that 75 out of the 125 countries examined will see a deterioration in stability. That figure means almost 40 percent of the world's 195 nations will witness disruption and protest to some degree. While the while the likes of Ukraine, Guinea, Guinea-Bissau, and Tajikistan are forecast to experience the biggest rise in unrest, it is larger countries that could prompt the most concern. Yeah, that's right. Could you imagine what would happen if there were massive protests in china stopping all that production stopping all that stuff being made 40 percent of the world's countries experiencing civil unrest think about that you know in the next segment we to be talking about climate refugees and how people that are leaving these areas that are displaced by uh, droughts wildfires floods so much more how they're going to leave areas what about people that are leaving these war-torn countries are they not Regular refugees, where will these people go? Where will the 40 percent of these people or where, where will, where will, uh, where, what percentage of these people who are experiencing civil unrest where, where will they go? Who will take them in? Where will we have a bastion of freedom, not a ba- not a faction, a bastion of freedom There's got to be some place, some sanctuary area that is protected from all this chaos and who get <laughs> you see but here I, again I have to ask you guys the question of can you see the gradual mobilization and activation of the masses there was a poll that uh, went out earlier this year it talked about how 40% of young democrats prefer other countries to the United States as democratic leadership say uh, America was never great they were saying America is never going to be great America sucks but they've never gone anywhere Never, because it's cool. You know, it's cool to hate yourself, right? It's, it's more that nihilism, more that suicide spirit. Go on, hate yourself, you loser. Even though you've never done anything, that's that's the problem. Hate, hate Trump. He sucks. You know. Oh yeah, orange man bad. You see how this is bad. But again, you see how this falls underneath the category of teasing, or antagonizing uh, anarchy. The idea, you see, is to get people to a point to where they just don't care, to where they are apathetic. They just say, what's the point? Why should I fight? There's nothing worth it. You see? Nothing's worth it. My life doesn't mean anything. Insert degenerative statement here. And that's the problem. Is whenever we don't have a collective goal, something that can bind us all, Together, or at least something that can spark some form of happiness, of joy, something like that, then we all stay lost. You see, Let, let's continue on uh, getting back into m- more of this craziness. I'm trying to find for you guys that quick article, not really a quick article, but that deep article that talks about how they are hiring. English-speaking disarmament officers in New York City. English-speaking disarmament officers. And think about them. What's the, what would be the point of trying to find foreign people to come here and disarm Americans? Wouldn't it be nice to disarm your opponent before they even recognize that you, that you were the threat? Check this out. This comes from Activist Post. They put this up on the 1st of January. The UN is hiring English-speaking disarmament officers in New York. As the Second Amendment conflict heats up across the United States, here's another, quote, crazy conspiracy theory that has turned out to be true. The United Nations is hiring in New York. In what positions are they trying to fill? English-speaking demobilization and reintegration officers. That's right. They put this up. Where did they put this up? Oh, they put this up a day after christmas twenty sixth december two thousand nineteen and the listing is perfectly fine until about the february eighth twenty twenty yeah what does this say security uh, nineteen security institutions d p o one two seven four five three Right, New York, right right on. This, uh, let, me, let me get back into this article before I start talking all this smack. This, this job was posted the day after Christmas. So for all the folks who have been saying, quote, nobody's trying to take your guns, you might want to read this job listing and reconsider your position. Is this a response to the Virginia crisis? Think about it. How, 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 <laughs> and I'll get more into this when we talk about the Virginia crisis about the infiltration and the covert operations that were going down there. That's why nothing had to happen. They had to get as much reconnaissance as they could, see who was all there. But let me get back into this. It says, You may recall that the citizens of Virginia have become outraged recently by new laws that are likely to pass this month, effectively banning all semi-automatic weapons. Sanctuary counties, cities, and municipalities now cover all but the most urban parts of the state. These sanctuaries have vowed to support the Second Amendment, but are refusing and are refusing to enforce unconstitutional gun laws. In response, a member of the state congress suggested that Governor Northam could call up the National Guard to disarm residents of Virginia, despite the wishes of the local governments. In response to that, at least one county has formed a militia and others are expected to spring up. The state's attorney general say that these sanctuaries sanctuaries carry no legal weight. Despite the attorney general's opinion and the threats from the state government, Virginians appear to have no plan to give up their guns or register them. Many members of law enforcement entities and the National Guard have said that they will not act on unconstitutional orders. One has to wonder if this is why the U.N. is hiring disarmament officers. Well, What's in the job description? Well, here are the responsibilities for the new hires, as per the United Nations job listing. Within delegated authority, the disarmament, demobilization, and reintegration officer will be responsible for the following duties acting as a focal point for disarmament, demobilization, and reintegration components for two or three missions, responsible for planning support to implement the evaluation, uh, participates in DPO and in- integrated task force planning and meetings for the establishment of a new peacekeeping operation uh, with a potential DDR component, provides technical assistance to peace ne- negotiation, participates in technical assessment missions, and you guys get the point. A whole lot of technical jargon, they're basically coming for your guns. And if it's not the National Guard, because you have a lot of people within the National Guard saying they're going to stand down, you have sheriffs in Virginia saying they're not going to enforce these unconstitutional orders, they're going to go a step above us. They're going to bring in the UN. We've talked about this before. We played video for you good people, unfortunately, about how they have UN vehicles stored in Maryland. This is years ago. And I was just randomly telling you guys how it's been normalized that we see tanks these days. (laughs) Here we are. But there you go. At the start of the year, they're telling you that they're coming for your guns. Beto O'Rourke may not be out there on the campaign trail, but he whipped the country up into enough of a fervor to get this type of stuff running. You see. And this is why we need to start paying attention to this type of stuff. That's why we have to have uh, more people. I hate to say it, but more people involved in politics that have our kind of views, uh, people that actually understand what's going on, and people that actually stand for individual rights rights. Uh, this is going to sound really crazy, but in between breaks, I was at a lot of gun shows. I met a lot of, uh, I met my local politicians, man. I met senators. I met, uh, council members. I met, uh, I met, it was, it was crazy. It's crazy how many different people I met. Uh, and we're hopefully going to have them on the show if I can remember how to do that. But, uh, (laughs) different discussion for a different day. Getting back into the news, check this out. Uh, Fast forward to to January 22nd. This is from Acton's Post. It says the Virginia Senate advances their, quote, red flag gun law despite the Second Amendment rally the day before. So despite that amazing turnout that we saw, if anything, I'll try to pull up some video for you guys. uh, But despite that amazing turnout we saw from patriots all over the world or all over America coming over, I think it was like, what, like 30,000 different people that showed up and and nothing happened? Despite all of the mainstream media's attempt to, to discredit these people? Uh, despite that turnout, people showing up in force saying we, they want the right to hold their guns, despite that, they went ahead and advanced this law anyway. It says on Tuesday, the Virginia Senate advanced legislation that would allow authorities to take guns away from people deemed dangerous threats to themselves or others. The Democratic-led Senate gave, pre, pre, gave preliminary approval to uh, approved the so-called, quote, red flag law. SB 240 would create a process for attorneys and law enforcement to file emergency orders prohibiting a person from purchasing, possessing, or transferring a firearm if they pose, quote, a substantial risk of injury to himself or others. The move comes a day after tens of thousands of gun, of gun rights activists rallied peacefully at the state capitol on Monday protesting the proposed anti-gun legislation. The measure is set for final vote in the Senate before going to the House. Republicans blasted the bill as an assault on gun rights and civil liberties. Democrats said that the bill was a thoughtful measure that would preserve due process while also protecting people against potential gun violence. So despite all of that, 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 that turnout, they went ahead and passed it anyway. I think that's crazy because you literally have like a runaway government that, that, that's not listening to its people. You literally have people saying, hey, we're not going to enforce this, but they don't care. Check this out. You have two patriotic sheriffs saying, no, nah, don't worry, we're not going to enforce these, these gun grab laws. It's unconstitutional.
1: We're saying if the bills go through as proposed, they will not be enforced. They're unconstitutional. We support them on the constitution of the United States and the Constitution of Virginia. And there's we will do. Thank you very much. Thank you. We're setting it
0: very I have another video for you guys afterwards too, but real quick. I'm not sure if I if I should do this, but uh, I'll put that petition in the description bar below. It seems like there's been a petition to recall Virginia Governor Northam for infringing on rights. I'll put that uh, link in the description bar below if you guys want access to it. Uh, but this is an article that comes from Your Newswire. They put this up January 21st. It's by Baxter Demetrius, says a petition to recall Virginia Governor Ralph Northam for his tyrannical attempt at quote af- infringing on U.S. Constitution Second Amendment rights as well as the Virginia Constitution has achieved its target in record time. So you can still put your number your name there if you want to, even though it's already achieved its target, according to the peti- to the petition quote. We, the people of the Commonwealth of Virginia, feel Governor Ralph Northam should be recalled from office. Governor Ralph Northam has presented a statewide gun ban that would disarm law-abiding citizens infringing on our constitutional rights granted by the U.S. Constitution, Second Amendment, as well as Virginia Constitution, Article 1, Section 13. This kind of proposition is unconstitutional and should should not be allowed. The petition was started by Josh Brayton and had an, original, had an initial goal of 75,000 signatures. This number was reached within hours. The sky is the current limit, considering the depth of feeling in Virginia and the United States regarding Governor Ralph Northam's unconstitutional, unconstitutional behavior. Clearly, when one cites the law, which should un- unite all Americans, and in this case, all Virginians, it is clear that Governor Ralph Northam is attempting to disregard the Constitution of the United States and of America, making him a tyrant and a traitor to the people he is supposed to protect and serve. So if you guys want to go ahead and get that link, I'll put the, or get access to that. I'll put the link of that in the description bar below. Because uh, I'll play for you guys this quick video. But there's another there's another thing going out there as well. He's he's literally trying to push a bill to criminalize free speech. So as you have Governor Northam coming after your Second Amendment right, he's while you're shocked and awed by the man even doing that, he's coming right after your First Amendment your First Amendment. And that to me is mind-boggling, but here, here is another, another uh, deputy that is another deputy that actually, sheriff's deputy that went out of his way to say, "Hey, look, we're not going to enforce this." He delivers a powerful, a powerful uh, Second Amendment speech, saying that he's in defense of it. So here, let's take a listen.
2: My name is Trip Kester. <clears throat> As you can see, I'm here. You, I just want to personally. Could you pull that mic up a little bit? Is that better? Okay. I just want to personally and publicly go on record supporting this resolution before us this evening. You know, guys, it's, it's simple, like a lot of them have said. The Constitution needs no, no explanation. It's been enforced for several hundred years now. It's easy to understand. It says what it means, and means what it says. And the last time I read the Declaration of Independence, it, it, it specifically reminds all of us that we're endowed by our Creator with certain inalienable rights, which means God-given, among these life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, and that governments were instituted among men specifically to secure our God-given rights. And it says when government becomes destructive to these <coughs> ends, meaning when they go above and beyond trying to secure our liberties and trying to take them is the right of the people to alter or abolish that government, either by voting or ultimately, God forbid, to use our Second Amendment rights to protect ourselves from tyranny. And I'm just asking all of y'all to unanimously join our sister counties of Wilkes, Surrey, Stokes, Lincoln, and Cherokee and get on board with this thing and publicly demonstrate to us that you're willing to uphold and honor the same oath I took when I put my hand on God's word and held my other hand up to him and swore that I'd give my life to defend that constitution. And I and I hate I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but regardless of what y'all do or don't do, I'm not gonna enforce an unconstitutional law. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm going to protect the people of this county regardless of what's done here. So I'm just praying. I've been praying about this thing all week, that God would touch y'all's heart and say, hey, let's get on board. Let's do the right thing. Let's let these people know that we're here to support them, and we're not going to allocate any personnel, finances, resources, or facilities to infringe on their liberties. Thank you.
0: Thank you. See, that's protect and serve right there. That's a man I can get behind. That's the kind of person that we need in office. Uh, And see, you'll have have people saying I'm a statist or any of this type of stuff. No, we have rights that are literally being trampled on. And we have been so disenfranchised from our power, from our rights, that the very idea of us stepping up and flexing these rights scares the ever-living bejesus out of people. You should. This one, telling you. See me at gun shows. See me get people rubbernecking. You know, it's 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 nice to get these kind of conversations going. I'm I'm telling you, there's something going on in the country to where we need more of this. We need people standing up for rights. Not more of this political back and forth nonsense. This is the type of action that people can respect. This is what's that's what it's about. You see, and here, check this out. I'll say this, and then we'll get into the Antifa stuff too, because we that's 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 real important as well. But check this out. Because he understands that if he does not begin to quell this riot within his own state, it is going to infect the rest of the country. More of that civil unrest. Right here. This comes from News Punches by Baxter Dimitri. They put this up January 23rd. It says, straight up communist censorship. Virginia Dems push Bill to criminalize free speech. Not content with attempting to dismantle the Second Amendment of the Constitution of the United States, Virginia Democrats are now attempting to do away with the First Amendment, too. Despite the massive and powerful Virginia gun rights rally on Monday, Virginia Democrats are refusing to slow down their push for tyranny. Rather, rather they are slamming on the accelerator and hauling a bill through the legislature that will effectively criminalize forms of dissent against Ralph Northam and other government officials. House Bill sixteen twenty seven was introduced by delegate Jeffrey M. Bourne last week. The legislation quote provides that certain crimes relating to threats and harassment may be prosecuted in the in the city of Richmond if the victim if if the victim is governor, governor elect, lieutenant governor, lieutenant governor elect, attorney general or attorney general elect, a member of employee or a member of the General Assembly, a justice, and so forth so forth. Language in the bill is explicitly moves to criminalize free speech. It in what, would, in what would constitute a blatant attack on the First Amendment of the Constitution. Quote, if any person with the intent to coerce, intimidate, or harass any person shall use a computer or a computer network to, communi- to communicate obscene, vulgar, profane, lewd, lascivious, les- les- or in, in indecent language, or make any suggestion or proposal of obscene nature, or threaten any illegal or immoral act, he is guilty of a class one misdemeanor. The, the legislation reads. The legislation will also will also effectively create an, quote elite ruling class with an extra legal rights compared to other citizens. That's right. So here it is. Here's how you get like empire started. Here's here's how we go like back to like neo feudalism. To where it's like different class systems, where you have kings, to where you have bishops, where you have priests. Where this is how you get different class systems in. To where you're not allowed to say certain things about different people. It's already happened with race, but now it's beginning to happen with different elect, so-called elected officials. But here, let me continue on. It says the legislation makes it clear that the above provision applies directly to the governor, the governor-elect. Lieutenant governor, lieutenant governor-elect, attorney general, or attorney general, a member, or, a member, or employee of the General Assembly, a justice of the Supreme Court of Virginia, a judge of the Court of Virginia of Appeals, which means that the legislation effectively criminalizes against, dissent against public officials. You're not allowed to say anything about what they're doing. If the, if you're saying that Governor Blackface is over here running around, hanging out with KKK members, dressing his face up in in, in black, you know, trying to keep babies comfortable. As he harvests their organs, if, if you can't say this stuff because it begins to criminalize him, you see, it defames him. Even though we're talking about the actions that he takes, and so this is where this is where lawfare gets involved, and that's something I see we're going to happen in the future as well. We're going to see more of that take place, uh, where people are literally, systematically, and legally taken down from being able to operate because of whatever legal whatever is going on. I'll say this, and then we'll get into the Antifa stuff. There's some stuff going on in the wind behind the scenes with a lot of different pages. You guys may have paid attention to it to some of the guests that we had on a Fellowship of Freedom, but there are some people within this conscious community doing the very same thing, running around with lawyers trying to criminalize people who don't get on their side. It's very sketchy. It's very, very sketchy. And I thought the whole plan uh, was for us to just spit truth. I thought the whole plan was for us just to get this all together and start working together. but. You have people who, who, you literally have people who want to have their cake and eat it too. Uh, but speaking of that, let's talk about Antifa. Check this up. We put this up uh, January 20th. It's from Freedom Outpost. It says, Antifa distributes a hit list in Virginia ahead of the massive Second Amendment rally. And so the, re- uh, the reason, before I get into this, the reason I wanted to bring this up, while we're talking about all this stuff that's going on, the gun confiscation, the UN hiring disarmament officers, you know, covert operations, 30,000 people showing up. Uh, there was an article and we, we, we actually talked about, or we posted about it. Uh, but it talked about how Antifa will be walking alongside pro gun protesters in Virginia. And the reason I'm saying that just so I can get this on record is because part of me thinks that what they're going to do is what they did to us out here in New Mexico, where they have, uh, basically like photographers taking pictures of you doxing you getting this glorified wanted list this hit list getting your 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 place of employment getting your email getting your uh your job getting your house getting your children's schools getting their names getting their social media handles and then just beginning to have an organized attack effort to criminalize these people so of course nothing happened right off the bat i think everybody would want that just go ahead and get it over with right uh, but we're not thinking in the context of agitators, of ex- accelerationists, of extremists. We're not thinking in the mindset of, of communists, of these type of people. You see, this hit list that literally is passing around saying, hey, these are your targets. Don't get them now. Let's kill them slowly. Ble- bleed the pig over time. And that's exactly what this is. No, these, this, this rally, it shows that, yes, Antifa can get together, hold their guns. You know, we're with you guys. We like guns, too. Oh, really? So where do you work? What do you like to do? Oh, interesting. Oh, oh, oh. So you have to understand opposition research. You have to understand what these people are truly doing. They they literally put out a list with all kinds of different uh, influential people from all over the world, or at least all over America, hoping that they would be there so they could, again, get more information. You've got to think about these types of things. So, yes, nothing initially happened. That's why the, the governor waited a day after to sign the bill. He couldn't, couldn't sign it then. He would have got a, a, a negative reaction. Think about the, the, the very strategic thing here. That's why I'm telling you they've got us so emotional and so reactive that we don't think about how we sometimes fall into these people's traps. But here. Let me get into this article. It says Monday is lobbying day in Richmond, Virginia, and citizens are out in full force attempting to persuade their state legislators into into adhering to the Constitution's inalienable right to bear arms. This event has been made, has been one for the books for some time, and the buildup has been a bit troubling. Far too many, quote, tactic cool rabble rousers have spent le- the last few months wandering or warning of a boogaloo online, slang for a violent uprising meant to bring about the Second Civil War or revolution. This has tainted the outlook for the demonstration, almost, ga- almost guaranteeing that some low-level hothead could send everything spiraling out of control. Furthermore, with the presence of the far-left terrorist organization Antifa has stoked fears that such violence may be on the horizon. The discovery of an Antifa hit, quote, hit list certainly hasn't helped things. An Antifa chapter has released a hit list of several conservative figures and journalists who will make an appearance at the Second Amendment rally in Richmond, Virginia, on Monday. The chapter, called Antifa Seven Hills, created a list of what they call, quote, known fascists and sympathizers, which includes conservatives affiliated with Infowars like Owen Troyer, journalists like Mike Adams and Jacob Engels, veteran Joe Biggs, and even Trump insider Roger Stone. Additionally, American Policy Center uh, President Tom DeWeiss reported that Antifa is planning to disguise themselves as Trump supporters so they can commit violence to portray all conservatives at the event as violent extremists. Antifa made headlines in 2019 after violently assaulting conservative journalist Andy Ngo in Portland, Oregon, sending the news writer to the hospital while attempting to cover a rally by the radical leftist group. Hit Lists Glorified hit lists. They're doxing people just so they can make sure that they send it out there, so people know, hey, watch out for this guy. Watch out for this guy. But hey, don't worry, don't worry. We're 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 not done with Antifa, and uh, if you guys want to hear me address Antifa, I actually put that link. I'll put that link in the in the description bar below because I I I took the time to send a send a direct message to them. I linked for you guys the article where they actually. Put my name and information on there. Uh, I, I also put a link for the protest that I did back in September as well, where I broke down you guys step by step what happened. It was a whole deal. If you guys want to know more about it, check out the address Antifa in the, in, the, uh, in the link in the description bar below. It's really, really powerful stuff. But why are we talking about this stuff? Again, talking about antagonizing anarchy, because as I'm telling you, it's on the horizon. We can see it bubbling. We can see the tension building, and it's already there. Earlier this week or is it I think it was last week but Project Veritas James O'Keefe of Project Veritas has been dropping bombshells about uh, organiza- about Bernie campaign uh, the Bernie campaign organizers people within uh, his 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 whole group talking about getting gulags locking up Trump supporters all this other crazy stuff and saying they're ready for the revolution and I get it you know, we're 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 in those days for sure. You know, I guess part of me just worries because now we're talking about those uh now we're talking about those FEMA camps. Now we're talking about all this other crazy stuff. Now we're talking about, you know, the the, the days of chaos that we were all trying to stave off that are literally here. I want to get uh, one of these videos up for you guys where it talks about uh uh how gulags how gulags are not that bad, bro. You know, work, work camps aren't that bad, dude. You're, you're just thinking of it the wrong way. And this is, the, this, is the, this is the mindset these people have. Work camps can be good, right? Gulags are not that bad. You can get conjugal visits in gulags. You just have to work off your debt. You see, it's the antifas, it's the trolls, it's the people on the internet that have been dis- disenfranchised from their power that will run these camps, that have no problem destroying your life. Here, let me play for you guys this uh, this quick clip and then I'll get the full video up for you. Right here, uh, this is from Zero Hedge. It says gulags weren't that bad. Sanders Staffer says Trump supporters will need to be re-educated. And this is come this comes from Project Veritas. Uh, and like I said, this literally came out just a couple days ago, and I'll play for you guys the full video the full version right after. But here, let's take a listen. City's
3: Do you even think that some
2: of these, like, Mexican people could even be (laughs) re-educated? I mean, we gotta try. So, like, in Nazi Germany, after the fall of the Nazi Party, there was a shit ton of the populace that was f***ing
1: Nazified. And, like, Germany had to spend millions of dollars. Re-educate people to not be Nazis. Yeah. Like, we're probably gonna
3: have to do the same thing here. And that's kind of what Bernie's like. Oh, hey, for for everybody, we're gonna have to teach you not to be a Nazi. And there's a reason Joseph Stalin had gulags, right? And actually, gulags were a lot better than like what like the CIA has. Told.
0: Oh yeah, word. Gulags are cool, bruh. Gulags are cool. An undercover operative for Project Veritas has filmed a rabid Bernie Sanders field organizer who claims that, quote, cities will burn if President Trump is re-elected this year and the Trump supporters will need to be re-educated in literal gulags, similar to what Germany did to Germany and Germans after World War II. Quote, do you even think that some of these, like, MAGA people could be re-educated? Asked the Veritas journalist in a preview of Tuesday's expose. I'll play for you guys the full one here shortly. He says we got to try. So like in Nazi Germany, and I'm not even going to try to read. I'm not even going to try to read you the transcript of what he said. I'm just going to get for you guys uh, that full clip up. But you get the point. They're ready. These people, and I think that's the crazy part. We all know people like this. These people are willing to put us in internment camps, put us in reeducation camps. We're the problem. And the, and, the, and the crazy part is, and this is something that we discussed towards the end of 2019 when we were able to break down the structure of Antifa, these are the useful idiots that will usher in something and then as soon as it's here, as soon as it's here, they're just going to get cut off. But here, this, uh, this next one, uh, it comes from, again, Project Veritas, Zero Heads reposted it. it, says, quote, I'll straight up get armed. Second Bernie organizer loves gulags and is ready for the f***ing revolution. Let's listen.
1: I always said that on am a I'm ready to start tearing the bricks up. We start fighting. I'm no cop, bro. I'll start. I'll start getting arms. I'll just learn how to shoot and do trades. I'm ready to get emotional. All right.
0: Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Dude. this, bro? Look at this. He just said, "I want to learn how to shoot." He's like, I'm ready to I'm ready to get armed. I'm ready to get shot. I'm ready for it, bro. I'm I want to learn how to shoot. Just keep that in mind, as this guy's just going off saying all this nonsense. And this is a Bernie Sanders organizer saying, I want to learn how to shoot and go train. Just keep that in mind. Just
1: learn how to shoot and go train. I'm ready. We just cease and we just dissolve and then the Senate House of Representatives is just branch and have somebody yeah. like Bernie Sanders and a cabinet of people make all the decisions for the climate. I mean, I'm serious. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, what will happen is when we send all the publicists uh, to the free education. <laughs> Can you imagine Mitch McConnell. <laughs> oh, God. He would not survive the presidency, Graham. I like class. Yeah, so They're founded as free education. Right. Nice i heard line that was open. you heard about the Bellamore Canal? People came from America to look at the Bellamore Canal was so many projects. Wow.
0: 25,000 workers died during construction. Of these, of these gulags. And the
1: gulags became a lot more political as they went on. It's a tool. It's like a You know what? We have more people in prison in this country right now than Russia did at the height of the Gulag. We do. That's a fact. I only learned when I started studying the Soviet Union. The Soviet Union was not, oh, no, it wasn't. I mean, for women's rights, the Soviet Union is, I think, the most progressive place to date in the world. They leave it to the Soviets to make the most badass, the b- most effective zone in the world. I I better. Okay. I mean, yeah, great. The destruction, the destroyer of imperialism in colonialism.
0: I want to learn how to go shoot and go train. Yeah, dude, you do that, bro. You do that, bro. And so these are the people, right? These are the people that are going to be running these these re-education camps. These are the people that see you as a problem. These are the people that say, you know what? Politics isn't doing it enough. As much as I love Bernie, bringing down you know the establishment, taking it to him. We saw a lot of that last year with these accelerationists and these extremists. You're seeing where they're at now. They're getting mobilized and getting activated. This is what I mean by antagonizing anarchy. We're seeing it. It's going to be on the horizon. There's studies predicting it. We're, we're, there, there, are, uh, there are whole operations with op- Operation Gotham Shield, Thunderstorm Spiral, Jade Helm 15, UX 16, uh, you know, we we've done so many shows on this that they're ready for it. That's 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 why we're sitting on a powder keg. We are literally watching a watching a uh, watching a train crash in slow motion. I kid you not. I kid you not. And as we're seeing all this stuff intensify, Bernie Sanders thinking he's going to get the election. You know, the same even though the man's like having heart attacks. He's super old. You know, calling. Elizabeth Warren, a liar on national television, they're going to they're gonna prime it up again, make it look like Bernie's going to get it, and then they're going to hand it to Hillary. Unfortunately, that's how this is. That's what I mean. You have accelerationists antagonizing extremists, and this can't end well for anybody that's involved. And one of the most, uh, one of the crazier things that has happened this week that just kind of shows, you know, wh- which way the wind is blowing is the fact that you have Hillary Clinton saying, Nobody likes Bernie. She did like this off-the-cuff interview out of nowhere saying that, you know, guess what? Nobody likes Bernie. What do you think that's going to do to all these people who are, who are wanting to be set off and triggered? You see, out here training, wanting to get trained, you know, doing all this other guerrilla warfare nonsense. And don't get me wrong, I hear the revolution, but I think we can clearly see it being manipulated. And this is what I mean by antagonizing Anarchy here's what's going to happen, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to get into this concept of climate refugees, uh, this Honduran migrant caravan that has been coming up from Mexico. Uh, Greta Thunberg making her latest speech saying, you haven't seen anything yet. And as I said before, the United Nations declaring climate refugees and how we have to take them in. Pope Francis has uh, proposed a new economy. <laughs> what do you think that is? And you also have the U.S. Space Force swearing in its first Chief of Space Operations. We're we'll going to be talking about this and more on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction over here on the Season 10 premiere,
1: and we'll be right back right after this. You know, the world is getting increasingly crazy.
0: I think everybody can see that. And I think we are all, ourselves, trying to not get caught up in the swelling of it all. We're trying to make sense of it. You know, in the segment after this, I'm switching things up. I won't be attacking news so much as I will be attacking topics. It'll be akin to what we do with Instagram Live, where we go over a few questions and a few topics, but in a different manner. And the reason I say this is because, uh, tongue-in-cheek, pun intended, the climate is hot. These days are hot. seems like the world's on fire. Unfortunately, we won't be talking about Australia, though we do pray for them. I want to get out there so bad, I don't think you guys understand. I really do. I have such a weird relationship with Australia, that's why I want to go back there, figure out out what else is out there for me. But the reason I say all these things talking about the climate, creating this operation, doing all these different things, stepping into who we need to be. There's more that's required of us, and there's a different landscape going on. And things are constantly evolving, constantly changing. And it, and it, and it, it does get kind of go overwhelming. But I think that's what it's supposed to be. You know, how do you eat a whale? You don't just eat it in one bite. You take time. You take your time chewing it. You know, in this segment, we're going to be talking about, you know, basically Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, and Agenda 2040, or 2050 being created in front of us. And I think what I'm going to do, uh, and I've really been giving this some thought, but I think one of the, what I'm going to do as a side project for exclusive members to try to pull people from the main show is go through and and, and, and do a proper breakdown of Agenda 2030 in installments. The same way we did, like, Crisis Corners, I'm going to do, like breakdowns of agenda 2030 so we have like a comprehensive view of what's going to go of what's happening and how we see kind of things evolving over time Um, and it's going to be for exclusive members because I'm going to put it together for you real nice real nice it's going to be done real good don't worry Uh, and the reason I say that is because we have to start differentiating uh, our products and our service and what we can do the flagship shows one thing uh, the peripheral things we can do are another Uh, and this exclusive stuff and extra stuff that I want to do, I realize how much I really do for you guys because it all comes from a place of compassion, all trying to inform everybody as much as possible, and how very little I get back. And that's why I have to figure out how to, again, learn my worth, put it out there, but at the same time, do it for those that appreciate it. We're all growing together. It's part of the learning curve. Uh, But you're not here for that. What you're here for is the discussion of Agenda 2030 taking place in front of us. Uh, If you guys have heard me rant and ramble about the 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 the, what is it who's running now? It's like four or five, maybe a handful of Democrats these days after like, what, 20 of them. If you guys have heard me ramble about these new crop of Democrats uh, since they've been having their useless debates, you've also heard me talk about how every talking point they're bringing up. It comes from the United Nations. It comes from Agenda 2030. You could, in theory, watch these debates go through. Uh, Agenda 2030 and hear these people talk about it all From climate change to migration uh, To housing to health care To education as well As you heard with uh, Bernie Sanders Re-education camps are essentially modern day school We already see that happening today With the people they're churning out It's not education, it's indoctrination Here on and so forth We've talked about it taking place in China as well With their thought transformation camps The days are here You, know, you, you, you can borderline go get programmed if you want to And these days, people are buying into the programming, which is even crazier. But I digress. We're here to talk about climate refugees, climate change, Agenda 2030, and so much more. That's why I'm having a hard time trying to start this segment off is because it entails so much. This is why you have uh, the communist revolution disguising itself as the environmentalist revolution so that it can have uh, the moral high ground of saying that we care about the planet and we care about people and here on and so forth. Here. Let me just start getting into the news, and I'll begin to place this, paint this picture a little bit better for you guys. Uh, Just the other day, it says that there is a Soros-funded or Soros-linked group that's going around censoring YouTube accounts that are skeptical of the climate change agenda, and I don't want to call it a hoax, you know, because there, there, there are studies that prove that we are impacting uh, the Earth, that there is, you know measurable human impact uh in the in the segment we can, we can see it there uh but i don't want to say it's a hoax and i also don't want to say it's entirely real what i am trying to say is this is something that we need to be discussing if we've been messing with our environment for over 200 years i have patents on the page that you guys can go find that date back to like the 1800s that show we've had the ability to modify the weather eventually that's going to backfire but here check this out we put this up uh, January 22nd. It's by Tyler Durden of Zero Hedge. It says Soros-linked group joins mainstream media to censor and purge climate change skeptics on YouTube. The censorship continues as a George Soros-linked group has joined forces with the mainstream media to ensure climate skeptics are silenced on YouTube. The group, Havaz, a left-leaning non-profit group, published a report on January 16th on its website that claims YouTube quote is profiting by broadcasting misinformation to millions of people by giving climate denial videos too much prominence. Independent mainstream media outlets are engaging in a politically motivated campaign to force YouTube to demonetize and hide any video that denies climate change. Regardless of the fact fact or scientific evidence revealed in the videos, if one doesn't submit to the religion of climate change... They will be silenced if Avaz has anything to do about it. The report is an undisguised intimidation campaign, as not only one does, that as not only does it list major advertisers who are running ads on videos that question the legitimacy of the threat of climate change poses for humanity, but it explicitly calls for them to put pressure on the platform as a means of putting an end to the so-called disinformation. Despite the findings being published just yesterday, many mainstream sites had lengthy articles posted not long after that, which featured quotes from, the, from those who worked on the report. Timings that suggested selected websites were given early access, making it clear that the agenda is being pushed, more so as they all, as a, as they all tout the same talking points. Uh, Bice, Time, Gizmodo, The Verge, and countless other news entities want YouTube to punish creators who don't, do not tote the correct ideological line. The objective is to demonetize and thus censor such individuals as, they be, as, they, as they'll be less inclined to work on the content that they're able to profit from. Nell Grunberg, or Greenberg, a campaign director at Oz, claims that the report isn't about removing content and censorship. However, that contradicts the report's own messaging. There is a clear attempt to have content hidden as the report calls into question the promotion of such videos in the Up Next box on the site. So that's right. If you don't say what we want you to say on YouTube regarding climate change, humans bad, earth good, you're going to get demonetized. You see the anti-human agenda? You know, one of the questions, and, 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 and I'm really trying to work more on reading your guys' comments, ones that aren't foolhardy and ones that are real. One of the comments I read uh, when posting about Greta Thunberg was, what? Uh, how people have how people don't understand that i have an issue what's my issue with greta thunberg i don't have an issue with greta thunberg i guess i have an issue for what she represents we're going to act like she's uh organic and all natural when you can clearly see that she was bought and paid for she was put up in front of you for a reason to promote this the same way that you had uh, all last year aoc running around telling people not to have kids promoting the, the 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 green new deal you know uh, being again what Donald Trump called at Davos just recently a prophet of doom, saying oceans are going to flood, you know, everything, everything's going to die, everything's over. Just give me money, I'll fix it. And that sounds like, like uh, that sounds like beyond a threat. So I don't have an issue with Greta Thunberg, but I have an issue with this message and how it's basically being deployed upon people. You see. Yes, we'll talk about climate change. Yes, we'll talk about uh, humans' impact. Yes, yeah, we talk about carbon emissions and all these other things as well. But at the same time, we should talk about how you're getting this message across and what the point is. You see, I'm, I'll play for you guys a video uh, here at a few of Greta Thunberg you know, talking about how we don't have time to take things as normal as usual. And to a degree, she's right. But that's why you also have to see the acceleration that's taking place Agenda 2, it's, it's, it's 2020, Agenda 21, they only have this, this whole window, and that's why we're going to see things rapidly happening. But here, uh, let me get in this next article for you guys to, again, set the stage as to what's going on. We put this up, January 22nd, it's from Technocracy News, it's by Antonius Aquinas, it says, Pope Francis has called for a new economy. It says, some Catholics consider Pope Francis to be a Marxist, but he is using his platform and organization to orchestrate the entire planet into a full-blown sustainable development or the technocracy. In his sponsorship of a March 2020 economic summit, quote, Economy of Francisco, Francis calls for a different kind of economy, a new economy, and sustainable development. In La see the word sustainable was used used, uh, 21 times to convince readers that the UN-style sustainable development, a.k.a. technocracy, holds the future of the world. However, in a true application of, of fine In in a true application of the Hegelian dialectic, uh, Francis attacks the technocratic paradigm by stating, quote, the technocratic paradigm also trends or also tends to dominate economic and political life. The two Vatican documents, two Vatican documents read, and you guys can go to the actual website and it'll talk to you guys. It has links for it there. Uh, But it talks about how, you know, the author of the following article only sees Marxism. But readers of technocracy, news, and trends understands that Marxism is, the, is, is only the necessary stepping stone to technocracy and not the end in itself. This was originally postulated by, the, by Zbigniew Zabrinski, who recently died back in like 2017, I think, in his 1970 book, uh, Between Two Ages, America's Role in the Technotronic Order. His daughter is Mika Brzezinski. She's actually on the show with uh, the Morning Joe. I forget what his name. Joe Scarborough, I think his name is. Uh, so you have a, 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 a technocratic world elite's daughter over there taking part in programming. And what's crazy, she she said that. She says we tell people what to think. You don't get to tell us what to think. She she let that slip a few years ago. <laughs> uh, but continuing on, as if there is further need to be ev- as, as if there is need to be further evidence that the current occupation of St. Peter's chair in Rome is a Marxist. The announcement of up-and-coming conferences at Asai entitled, quote, The Economy Francis- of a Francisco Should Convince Any Skeptic Otherwise. In his invitation letter to, quote, Young Economists and Entrepreneurs Worldwide, Bergeglio sets the agenda to the leftist confab quite clearly, which is virilently v- anti-market, a call for massive redistribution of wealth and a reordering of the current economic systems of the world with a healthy dose of climate change nonsense, a different kind of economy, one that brings life not death, one that is inclusive, not exclusive humane and not dehumanizing one that cares for the environment and does not despoil it what we're beginning to see is just that, the gradual introduction of Agenda 2030 of getting the world with the one world religion, with the one world government Where we worship the earth, where we all take, where we all do our part. (laughs) Like this is a, like this is like a, (laughs) like this is Starship Troopers. I'm doing my part. You know, we're all doing our part. That's the whole thing. But you see, before I get into this, talking about the technotronic order, caring about the the environment, being inclusive. Oh, everybody's all together. We're all, we're all holding hands, all hunky-dory. Everything's awesome. I had this revelation just last year, which kind of tripped me out thinking about it. Remember, whenever Greta Thunberg was at the UN Climate Summit, right, and like a few months after that, Antonio Gutierrez said that uh, the UN's running out of money. She said, we will be watching you. And I began to think about that. That's a very uh, powerful thing for a child to say because she understands, and she's she's not doing anything. It's the people around her that are doing everything. It's the technotronic... Order in the background that is promoting this environmentalist movement because they will use things like Google's quantum mechanic or quantum computing, AI godheads, you know, the social credit score system. They will use all this technology to literally, literally monitor people's consumption and production. They'll use smart meters to see, hey, how much energy are you using? They'll go through your garbage. They'll see, are you recycling? You have to understand the world that's being created. You'll think that oh, no, no, nobody would want to do that. You're right. Nobody would, would would want to do that. Get a robot. You see what I'm saying? So where do the jobs go at that point? Putting all these people out of work. Think about the socio-economic reformation. Think about all these different things that are taking place. Sustainable development. New world order. It's here. And guess what? We're not not knocking on heaven's door. It's already here. People people have this 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 utopian idea for how it's going to look. That's why you have uh, AOC saying that it's not fascism, it's called an advanced society. These things sound good on paper, but we still have people starving here, even with this current system we have today. Gulags, re-education camps, if your ideology has to literally be enforced upon another person, it's probably not good, bro. That's just my thought process. If it's not something that, that people can willingly go into, it has to be forced upon them, it's probably not something that's going to last, man. That's just my thought process, you know. What do I know? You see, this new economy, and we and we've talked about it, you know. And I've said this with we've we've I've had people on the show that are uh, engineer minded, business minded, tech minded. You know, I've had all kinds of different people on the show. We've talked about that, the future where you have kids like Boylan Slot, It's where you have people like Moses West, where you have people like uh, Guadalupe, like the little girl. Gu- Guadalupe Cruz, where you're, it's a kind of Guadalupe Cruz, where you're making things that are beneficial to the environment. Renewable technologies, renewable energies. But even that, you have to get to a point to where it's over unity, to where, and, and if you ask me, I don't know if this is how my crazy mind does work, it's got to get to a point to where we consolidate all of our technologies so that it has like a unilateral purpose for everything else that we create around it so it's like a central power source and then we just build things peripheral around it It sounds like atlantis technology but you know we'll 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 talk more about that in the future this is about renewable energy renewable technology is the future trying to trying to solve the problems of today clean water this is why we gave uh jaden jaden smith a shout out towards the end of 2019 the 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 work that has to be done has to begin to heal this planet, no doubt, but at the same time, it cannot offer enslavement because this renewable technology, as be- as beneficial do- as it does sound on the surface, things do deteriorate over time. And if there's no in- incremental improvement, improvement of what you're doing, right, you're going to rely on basically just getting by, and then that's whenever we get to this, this global communist aspect where we have to share everything, but... I, I, I did. I'm rambling. Clearly, I'm rambling. Uh, you guys get what I mean. Keep that in mind when I talk about more of the new economy agenda 2030 and so much more. Uh, there's a lot of different things going to be happening, and it's going to be happening really fast too in the future. I mean, one of the main proponents, one of the main people that are going to be talking about uh, taking care of the earth, going into the future, are going to be Australians and people in California as well as people on the East Coast. Uh, earlier, this, earlier this week, there was an article that came out about the U.N. saying, hey, get used to these extreme weather patterns. Get used to it. I'll, I'll get into that here shortly. Uh, but here, let me get back on track. I want to play for you guys this quick clip of uh, Trump going to Davos warning against prophets of doom on climate change. And before I even get into this, this is another thing that's been normalized. The fact that the world elite meet at Davos to to, to to figure out what to do with the rest of the population. Last year, we tongue-in-cheek talked about how a new new Illuminati have been created in front of us and people don't even know what to do. These days, things have become so chaotic and normalized that now we understand, because isn't that what Trump got in the office saying? He was an outsider. Now he's an insider over here at Davos with these world elites doing the very same thing. But here, let me play for you guys this quick video.
1: The World
4: Economic Forum has put global warming at the top of its agenda. But President Trump has different priorities. He used his speech to heads of state and business leaders to trumpet his achievements in office.
2: We've regained our stride.
4: We discovered our spirit. And we awakened the powerful machinery of American enterprise. For half an hour, Greta Thunberg listened in silence. Trump pledged to help plant one trillion trees, but he made no mention of climate change, and had this to say about climate activists.
2: This is not a time for pessimism,
4: this is a time for optimism, to embrace the possibilities of the millennial prophets of doom and their predictions of the apocalypse. It was a clear attack on climate activism, and Greta Thunberg responded almost immediately in a speech which felt like it was directed at the president. The
1: world Now, economic-
0: I'll play for you guys uh, a quick a quick speech of hers, just to just to be fair, but um, because it is important, you know, just so we can get all this stuff on record. Um, it's a full eight, eight minute long speech. I won't put the full thing. I won't play the full thing. I'll let her get her her words in. Uh, but but Trump's right. You know, these prophets of doom, doomsayers, they're fear-mongering, fear-mongering trying to talk about all these different things. I, it, it gets to a point to where you, you kind of have to laugh at people because they're weak-willed and unable to really confront the truth of actually what's going on. But there are real prophets of doom that are monetizing and capitalizing off of people's fears. Uh, we've told you about eco-anxiety, these, these these therapy support groups for people who feel like, you know, there's this impending doom coming from all this, this doom porn that's out there sur- surrounding, like, the climate change agenda, you know. And and, and there's this is something that we're going to talk more and more about going into the future. I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about it now. I want to set the stage for the rest of the year. But people have to understand this. This is truly something that, that, that is afflicting a lot of people. And while we might think it's a hoax, while we understand, you know, we talk about chemtrails geoengineering weather modification stratospheric aerosol injections here on and so forth uh, we, we, there are other people who generally feel as though their life is ending in 10 to 12 years simply because of all this all all the things that they're hearing and so whenever you have an entire whenever you have a certain percentage of the population that feels as though as they as, feels as though they they have no future because they've been told that they give up this is where this nihilism comes in this apathy to where people don't care eco-anxiety and so much so 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 much comes with this um and so that's why you have a lot of people working with the emotional aspect of it trying to it trying to trying to just make sense of this so it truly is something but at the same time there is truth to it i'm going to get into it uh, an article here shortly with you guys about this uh, this honduran migrant uh, caravan and how that is a situation there are people that are being displaced by climate change I just feel like here in America, for some god-awful reason, we just do things weird over here. But uh, there are people that are being displaced by climate change. The same way that I'm telling you people are being displaced by war. You know, and in, 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 in civil unrest in foreign countries. Look at the Syrians, you see. This is something that we really have to take serious. And so, if you ask me to pull back to get that thousand-foot view, more of this is just setting the stage for that for, for globalization, for regional for regionalism. To where you get no borders, no walls, no USA at all. They want to have it to where people leave their homelands and travel to different areas, and the and you have to do this by by displacing certain areas, making certain areas uninhabitable. I talked about that in relation to California fires last year. Uh, we're seeing some of the very same things happen in Australia as well, with some of the people that are that are from New South Wales having to move closer over to the to uh, to, to 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 watered areas. It's crazy. So this isn't a joke, but this is definitely something that we have to talk about. And it's going to set a huge, it's going to set a lot of stuff in motion uh, going into the future. But here, I want to play for you guys real quick this this uh, video that dis- that shows you how many different migrants are basically coming to America, is the easiest way to say it. They're, they're, they're stopping in Mexico, but they're coming to America uh, right here. We put this up January 20th. It's from Agents, Agency Fresh Prance French press, uh, they reposted it over there. At Raw story, it says troops fire tear gas as migrants try to storm into Mexico. Hundreds of Central Americans from a new migrant caravan try to force their way into Mexico Monday by crossing the river that divides the, na- the country from Guatemala, propped in the National Guard, to fire tear gas. The Central Americans from the so-called 2020 caravan of around of, of, of around. 3,500 undocumented migrants gathered at the Guatemalan side of the Suache River at dawn, demanding migration authorities let them in, uh, let them continue their journey to the United States. When authorities did not immediately respond, the migrants began uh, fording the river, which is shallow this time of year. So let's take a listen. And for our audio listeners, I'll describe it for you. Uh, Just imagine seeing essentially, you know, hordes of people groups of people, uh, walking through a shallow river. And the best way I can describe it is, you know, imagine like a bridge turned vertical or, I mean, turned horizontal and then moving up a river. Now you have all these people over here on the side. Good, good gosh. Good, good gosh. Wow. It's crazy. Uh, to continue on, it says Mexican troops fire tear gas in an attempt to force them back. Scores of migrants, many with clothes tied around their faces to protect them from the tear gas, pelted the military police, guarding, their, guarding the river with large stones uh, as, the la- as the latter sheltered behind not behind rat- riot shields. Let us through. Put your hands on your hearts, shouted a Honduran migrant named Jorge, who was traveling with his wife and two children. They're trying to trick us. They tell us to register with the authorities, but then they deport us, said another migrant, Tanya, who has been with the caravan since it formed last week in San Pedro, Sula, Honduras, around 400 miles away. We got desperate because of the heat. It's been exhausting, especially for the children, Honduran migrant Elvis Martinez, 33, told AFP on the the Guatemalan side of the border as he prepared to ford the river. I'm asking Mexican President Andres Manuel López Abrador to consider his conscience and let the migrants through. So there you have it. They're literally saying that it's exhausting. We can't get through. Uh, it's it's hard for the kids. We want to come through. That's crazy to me. That's crazy to me. And we don't hear a word of this in the news. That's what's even more wild. You had to get AFP. You had to get French press to report on something that's happening, like <laughs> on, on, on our border, basically. You're not going to hear any of this. And then right on cue, you have the United Nations saying that uh, – you have the U.N. human rights ruling saying that, quote, climate refugees cannot be returned back to their home country and that the U.S. must open its borders to all Central Americans. This is the United Nations have ruled that climate refugees cannot be returned back to their home countries. This ruling, this ruling forces the United States to allow Central Americans into our country. Literally anyone can claim the new refugee status. This, essential, this will essentially open U.S. borders for good. And this next part comes from the Central Tibetan Administration. It is unlawful for governments to return people to countries where their lives might be threatened by, a, by the climate crisis, a landmark ruling by the United Nations Human Rights Committee has found. The judgment, which is the first of its kind, represents a, quote, legal tipping point for and a moment that, quote, opens the doorway for future protection claims for people whose lives and well-being have been threatened due to global heating, experts say. Tens of millions of people are expected to be displaced by global heating in the next decade. The judge, uh, the judge relates to the case of Eon uh, Titioa, a man from the Pacific nation of Kiribati, which is considered one of the countries most threatened by rising sea levels. He applied for protection in New Zealand in 2013, claiming his and his family's lives were at risk. The committee heard evidence of overcrowding on the island south of Tarawa, or the island of South Tarawa, where Teritota lived, uh, saying that the population there had increased from 1,600 to in, in 1947 to 50,000 in 2010 due to rising sea levels, leading the other islands becoming uninhabitable, which had led to violence and social tensions. He also spoke of a lack of, a lack of fresh water and difficulty growing crops due to, this, due to the salinity of the water table, causing serious health issues for his family. He said that As Karabadi was predicted to be uninhabitable in ten to fifteen years, his life was endangered by the by remaining there. The New New Zealand courts rejected territory's claim for protection, and so this next video I'm going to play for you guys uh, it 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 it, again just breaks down what the concept of a climate refugee is. That's just that's just it. it. That's the simplest way to say it. I forget what this gentleman's name is. Where I pulled the video, it was from YouTube. But he just breaks down in simple terms what a climate refugee is. And so I know people think this is hogwash. This, some people say it's, it's, it's ridiculousness. I'm telling you, if you go travel, to if you go, if you, because we have listeners all over the world and we cover things in all, all, all kinds of different places, we get, we get more information than we should, which is why I have a, a much different approach towards climate change than a few other people. But here, let's take a listen
4: we must be prepared for a large surge of people moving against their will also because of climate factors mm. numbers i wouldn't venture talking about numbers it's too speculative mm. uh, but uh, certainly we're talking about millions here and uh, Why would they move? Well, sometimes it's slow onset of climate change, like rising seas, like the case in question. In other cases, it will be natural disaster, accelerated by climate change. And then we should not forget that people on the move themselves have an impact on environment, cutting wood, uh, um, um, polluting areas. So we must look at all the different angles relationships between climate change and displacement and act faster. The United Nations ruled yesterday, in fact, that refugees um, affected by climate change cannot be returned to their countries. Um, well, we must be prepared for a large surge of yeah. people moving against their will.
0: And I think that's something that a lot of people don't think about. People, again, just think that this is a hoax, that they're not really seeing. I mean, good Lord, when was the last time like an American spent like more than months a few months on a farm and could tell like what was going on with the weather you see and because we've been so removed from nature and society we really can't tell these things and so other parts of the world that aren't really developed and are relying upon the environment and whenever we're over here messing with all this stuff they get affected by it they're going to be displaced we've talked about this before uh, former Disgrace CIA Director John Brenner talked about this as well in relation to stratospheric aerosol injections, chemtrails, his ability to manipulate the weather and how that's going to upset other nations. This is the byproduct of it. You know, We, we, we think of warfare as just, uh, oh, shoot, bang, kill them up dead. Warfare could be so much more. I mean, you could kill more people by cutting off their access to food than you can with any kind of magazine, any kind of guns, any kind of reeducation camp. So when we're talking about resource wars, when we're talking about climate change and so much more, it's a little bit more complex than people think, you see. And so this is this is that, that's why I have this tentative relationship with Greta, where I do understand that people need to hear these types of things. I have an issue with how she's, de- with how she's going about it, but the, the, the message is still the same. There are issues that need to be fixed, and no one else is going to fix them for us. It's not business as usual. Uh, So I'm going to play for you guys real quick this next clip. And this is whenever basically she's responding to Trump at the uh, World Economic Forum. She's speaking at Davos. Uh, Climate activist Greta Thunberg addressed the world's elite face-to-face at the World Economic Forum in Davos on Tuesday, where she called on world leaders to end their abhorrent and irrefutable failures on the climate emergency and demanded participants, quote, from all the companies, banks, institutions, and governments in attendance to immediately halt the investment of fossil fuels exploration and extraction, in fossil fuel subsidies, and divest, and divest from all fossil fuels. Quote, we don't want these things done in 2050, 2030, or even 2021. Jesus Christ. We, we want this done now. How much more obvious could that be? She literally just told you what the agenda was, but good, good Lord. Let's take a listen. she's responding to Trump. Remember that?
5: 1 year ago, I came to Davos and told you that our house is on fire. I said I wanted you to panic. I've been warned that telling people to panic about the climate crisis is a very dangerous thing to do. But don't worry, it's fine. Trust me, I've done this before and I can assure you it doesn't lead to anything. <laughs> and and for the record, when we children tell you to panic, we're not telling you to go on like before. We're not telling you to rely on technologies that don't even exist today at scale and that science says perhaps never will. We are not telling you To keep talking about reaching net zero emissions or carbon neutrality by cheating and fiddling around with numbers. We're not telling you to offset your emissions by just paying someone else to plant trees in places like Africa, while at the same time forests like the Amazon are being slaughtered at an infinitely higher rate. Planting trees is good, of course, but it's nowhere near enough of what is needed and it cannot replace real mitigation and rewilding nature. And let's be clear, we don't need a low-carbon economy, we don't need to lower emissions. Our emissions have to stop if we are to have a chance to stay below the 1.5-degree target. And until we have the technologies that at scale can put our emissions to minus, then we must forget about net zero. We need real zero. Because distant net zero emission targets. Okay,
0: I I, I get it. Yeah, no, fix the earth, save the planet. I get it. You're a hero. But you get what I'm trying to say. They're (laughs) using Greta Thunberg. As the literal figurehead for the creation of this new global economy, as Pope Francis has said uh, at the Sustainable Development Agenda 2030, Agenda 21, 20- a 20- 2050, as put forth by the United Nations, you get what this is going with. And the idea is to shame us, put down those cheeseburgers, pick up that, uh, pick up, you know, pick up that lettuce leaf. Oosh. Uh pick up that kielbasa, whatever, I don't know. But you, you, you get what I'm saying. This is the socioeconomic reformation. This is the paradigm shift. And the reason why all this stuff is so crazy right now is because we're, we're moving into a whole new epoch, a whole new era. We're in a whole new decade right now. Hey, check that out. And how did it happen? We got here through tumultuous times, through drama, through chaos, through success, through hardships. And that's what's happening. A whole new world order but you see you have to make sure that everybody's on board you have to make sure that we're all moving in the same direction and what better way to do that than with something like the social credit score system this article comes from judge report feed they put this up january 22nd it says silicon valley already using the china style social credit score system Goes on to say that more left-wing journalists are waking up to the fact that the unaccountable Silicon Valley corporations are ranking Americans with a system that bears a growing resemblance to China's totalitarian social credit system. Almost a year after Breitbart Tech pointed out the same thing. China's social credit system signs citizens with a score based on good or bad behavior, which is in part determined by one's compliance with Beijing's totalitarian communist value system. How will it be? whenever they institute all this stuff with this environmentalism? Will you get good marks on your credit score for recycling consistently? Is it going to be like these video games where you get like a daily login bonus, you know, because you're, 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 you're following the, the values? You see why, we, why we're having this discussion of fascism, socialism, and communism? Because what way to track all of these developments that are taking place than through a totalitarian system? a totalitarian technocratic social credit score system where everything is literally monitored. That's what they're trying to create. Continuing on, it says those who fall below a certain score are excluded from basic services. There's no escape either to track everyone's behavior. China subjects its citizens to mass surveillance powered by a network of facial recognition cameras all across the country. China's citizens literally can't escape their social credit scores. Low scores scores block 23 million Chinese citizens from traveling via train or airplane in less than one year, as reported by The Guardian. In an article from Engadget, left wing writer Violet Blue notes that the big tech companies have developed a system that is remarkably similar to China's, ranking the behavior of users and arbitrarily kicking them off of their services, according to Silicon Valley's own set of subjective values, including what is considered to be conscientious and open behavior. She takes particular aim at Airbnb, or Airbnb. The Evening Standard reported on Airbnb's patent for AI that crawls and scrapes everything it can find for you, including social media for traits such as conscientiousness and openness against the usual credit and identity checks and what it describes as secure third-party databases. Blue makes the connection to China, where similarly invasive surveillance is used to build a profile and a social credit score on every citizen. The most famous social credit score system is is an operation that is used by China's government. It, monitor, it, quote, monitors millions of individuals' behaviors, including social media and online shopping, determines how moral or immoral it is, and raises or lowers its, its their citizen score accordingly. And this was reported by The Atlantic in 2018. And now, we're seeing the very same thing being deployed on us today. If you. The, <laughs> They're calling some things fake news. They put up little uh, notifications saying, hey, are you sure you want to see this false information? That's all being monitored. Every action is being monitored. Remember a few years ago we talked about metadata, how that was a huge thing? Oh, we don't want the CIA and the DHS and uh, the FBI and the NSA getting access to our metadata. Ugh. And then you had all these, all, these, all these jabronis on Facebook taking these stupid surveys. They were telling them all these ridiculous things. That's access to your metadata. Fast forward to where we're at now. Guess what? Those likes mean more than you think. Sometimes whenever I send a like on some people's things, I'll have pages you guys follow, follow that come, come at me saying, Hey, why'd you like this? And it's the most ridiculous thing. Comments mean more than you think. Uh, 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 Likes mean more than you think. Shares mean more than you think. Spending time on a particular post means more than you think because that that activity is monitored. Heck, these days we start jib-jabbering about things on the phone. You'll find it showing up in your feeds. That's the level of micromanagement we're at. So when we begin to talk about the social credit score system and its invasiveness inside of society and those behind the scenes orchestrating these things, it's very important these little doses of reality called my posts are more important than you think they're not lovey-dovey feel-good memes they're things that bring you back to truth and you can see all the distractions and the nonsense they're trying to flood, uh, flood and force feed you in your feed to distort that truth they don't want you to stay focused they don't want you to care about what's going on they want you to care about what they want you to care about which is probably cat videos or Rick and Morty or just something as ridiculous as oh, well, I don't know uh, the Liberty Mutual Emu But you get what I'm saying. Continue on. This is where I have to kind of talk more about more of that future tech stuff, more of the stuff that's coming down the line. Because, again, monitoring everything that's going on, watching the population, being able to keep them entertained so they have no idea what's truly going on. You know, a few years ago, and I know my flat-earth friends will get mad at me. Again, we're going to be talking about the... uh, the the Space Force announcing its first chief of space operations. A few years ago, I talked about how Flat Earth had to be injected into the conscious community, into the conspiratorial-seeking community, simply because of the developments that we're going to be seeing taking place. People aren't going to ask questions about what's up in the sky if they're so distracted about what's in the ground. I guess I pay attention to both. I look at the inhabitants of the Earth, because there are people that have been here before us, and I look at what's still up there in the sky. But this is what happens. This is a social credit score system as well. Being able to monitor people's thoughts, being able to monitor people's opinions, being able to uh, manipulate certain things, promote certain ideas, and then at the same time keep certain things so they swell up, you see, and not letting other people have understanding of other things. I wanna jump into talking about the US Space Force uh, being announced for sure, and at the same time getting its first US Chief of Space Operations. I wanna talk about that in relation to the climate refugee because it shows that regardless, it's still going to happen. Regardless of if you have Greta Thunberg out here shaming people, doing all this other stuff, we're going to advance technology. And what better way to make sure that the earth is getting greener, that people are thinking better, that they're being better, what better way to monitor people on the earth than to give them the cell phones, give them these, give them these, uh, these tracking devices, monitor them from space. Do you, you, you see what I'm getting? Set the world up with a goal. Give them tools, individual tracking devices. See if they follow this goal. Monitor their behavior from up high. And then pass down judgment as necessary. This is what I mean by the new world order. There's so many different things happening these days that it gets kind of crazy trying to put it all together. Here, let me play for you guys this quick clip. Uh, We put this up January 16th. It's from Activist Post. It says the U.S. Space Force, Justice Warren, its first chief of space operations. I'll play for you guys this quick clip, and then I'll get in the article.
2: In the first decision the president made after establishing the Space Force was deciding who should be its first leader. And I was around when the president made that decision, and I can tell you. Uh, he never hesitated, he knew right away there was no one more qualified or more prepared for a lifetime of service than General J. Raymond to serve as the first leader of the space Force. We will build this new service in a way that strengthens our joint force and allows us to move with the speed and agility needed to respond to the current strategic environment. Once built, the Space Force's measures of success will be that our adversaries are deterred and that our joint and coalition partners always have the space capabilities that are modern way of war and modern way of- That's right. Space Force. Space
0: Force. Space Force. That's right. Going to space. That's right. This week, Air Force General John J. Raymond was sworn in as the chief of space operations for the new United States Space Force, but it was initially reported as somewhat of a joke when Donald Trump first announced it. The U.S. Space Force is a bare real thing and is now the seventh military branch of the Pentagon. On Tuesday, Raymond was sworn in by Vice Vice President Pence at his ceremonial office. Quote, it is President Trump's belief that the United States must remain as dominant in space as we are land and sea and in the air. And your charge is to see that mission with the United States Space Force, Pence said during the ceremony. Raymond responded by saying, Mr. Vice President, we have our marching orders and we are moving out. We do not want a conflict to begin or extend into space. We would want to deter that conflict from happening. The best way I know how to do that is to do from do so from a position of strength. The Space Force will be comprised of roughly 16,000 Officers and other personnel from the U.S. Air Force and the Space Command. In fact, Raymond is himself a commander of both the Air Force Space Command and the U.S. Space Command, possibly signaling that the agencies will be working very closely and consisting of many of the same members. In addition to the personnel from other agencies, the Space Force was granted $40 million through the the 2020 National Defense Authorization Act. Trump is expected to hold a meeting with the Pentagon officials this week to discuss the uniform and logo details for the new agency. The meeting will include Defense Secretary Mark T. Esper, Air Force Secretary Barbara Barbara Barrett, and the new Chief of Space Operations, Jay Raymond. The Trump administration is also planning on sending a legislative proposal to Congress for the fiscal year of 2021, which would create National Guard and Reserve units for the Space Force. The proposal also seeks to consolidate other space-related organizations in the government under the Space Force banner, including the Space Development Agency. That's right, the Space Force now, the U.S. military-industrial complex, is about to go into a whole new decade, the first branch since the Air Force, and it's in the space. So to close this segment out, because I know we're talking about climate refugees, you know, humans impact upon Earth, and I'm just like, yeah, whatever, look at this Space Force stuff. To close this segment out, you know, I want to talk real quick about Elizabeth Warren saying that if she was elected president, she would stop all construction of homes, to you know, fight climate change, to end climate change, and so w- this is why I'm bringing up this stuff back and forth. Why we have to have something that propels us to be bigger and better than ourselves. While at the same time, what we're what we're what we're discussing here on the world. Yes, we all have to share this planet, but isn't it better for us to talk about how to take care of the planet better, how to be better for ourselves for this planet if we even need? to save, like this is something that jeff bezos said last year and i remember talking about it in order for us to save earth we have to leave it and this is why we're having this conversation of population control human rights and so much more but you i hope you guys get what i'm trying to say this is the new decade so that's why i asked the question of what values are we bringing into this new world order because it's already here so here, to close this out for you guys, let me play for you this quick video of Elizabeth Warren saying that she is willing to ban construction of new homes in the U.S. to end climate change. And think about that. All the people that would come here from from various countries, she's willing to end it to fight climate change. This is what happens when you have people that are virtue signaling trying to get clickbait things out to get attention. How do, How is that going to work? But I digress. Let me play for you guys. We put this up. January 13th, it's by News Punch. Uh, but this article, the, the clip comes from MSNBC. Let's take a listen. You
3: now, climate change threatens every living thing on this planet. And what scares me is every time you go back to the scientists, they tell you two things it's worse than we thought, and we have less time. That means we've got to be willing to do things, for example, like regulation. Uh, by 2028, no new buildings, no new houses, zero car- without a zero carbon footprint. By 2030, uh, trucks, uh, light-duty trucks and cars, zero carbon footprint. By 2035, all production of electricity, zero carbon footprint. We do three regulations. We can cut our carbon footprint by 70%. We also need to make environmental justice really at the heart of our climate plan. You know, for, for decades now, we have located toxic waste dumps, uh, polluting industries near black and brown. You know, climate change yeah. threatens
0: racial, racial environmental justice is uh, what she was about to go on, about where they are dumping uh, chemical runoff in minority areas, the same way they put Planned Parenthood in minority areas. It's it's crazy the depopulation that's going on, uh, but you get it. Over here in Calif—not uh, California, not over here, but in California this year, I think they're beginning to institute more of those regulations uh, where you have 55 gallons of made available for you, and I don't know if it's like for a week, I forget what the duration is, but as time increases, they're going to cut that back to like 50 gallons and then 40 gallons. And the idea is, as, as Elizabeth Warren was saying, get you down to neutral, get you down to zero. Uh, and this is what we're going to be seeing going forth into the future. So to close this segment out, just to kind of put this question out there to people, because this is something that kind of makes me think a little bit crazier, as always. But right here, uh, volcanoes all over the globe are suddenly shooting giant clouds of ash into the air, thousands of miles into the air. How is that our fault, though? How is that human impacting climate change? Now, this is something I'm sure I'll bring up more in the future. I just want to throw that in there last minute. But because we're talking about climate refugees, climate change, geoengineering, you know, socioeconomic reformation, so much more, the, the ecological epoch era that, uh, era that we're in, think about that. How is that our fault that you have these volcanoes spewing this ash all over the place? These things could have been set in motion tens of thousands of years ago, and we're living on it now. And so this is another thing that we have to talk about when you when you get into the political back and forth nonsense of it. But you get the point. We are literally on such a precipice of change that the, the, the writings on the wall, the sign of the times, you can see it. 2020 is literally setting up to be such a monumental year, not only for people that have the eyes and the ears to listen and hear and see, but to also pay attention to, to what's being told to us. We're not all going to be here at the end of whatever the heck is being set up for us. We have to ask ourselves what we're bringing forth into this and what we're really fighting for. All these people at these gun shows, who are you pointing your guns at? What are you protecting? Do you know? What are you willing to die for? This is what we're afflicted by. These are the questions of our generation. Ours is not a great war. Ours is a deep spiritual war, something, something, something crazier that most people can never comprehend. And we're seeing it happen in our environment. Our literal environment is a representation of what we can spiritually see taking place. And that's why this is all getting crazier, because the energy levels are off the charts. Things are things are things are crazy. But this is what I mean. We're gonna be talking about this and more on the other side. Sovereign t- sovereign existences. Uh, will we have freedom in the next decade? How to fight the new world order? Are people waking up and being programmed? Can we see? The gradual mobilization and activation of the masses. We'll be talking about this and more on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction and Factions of
1: Freedom. We'll be right back right after this.
0: final segment you know i definitely intended for this episode to be not this long that's the easiest way for me to say it i understand it's like a season premiere so it's going to be like a little bit longer but i definitely did not intend for it to be this long you've got to bear with me because trying to get back up on this horse is a little bit uh a little bit little a little bit harder yeah it's like riding a bike but it's a little bit harder than normal especially with all the crazy stuff that's going on you know you're, i'm wanting to talk about stuff that happened in between the break stuff that's happening to me, stuff that's happening to the world, but I've got to stay you know, focused on the news, and it's just whoosh, very difficult. Uh, very, very difficult. And, 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 with, and with this particular segment, I'm intentionally switching things up because I don't want to um, – some of our shows get pretty heavy and hot. But I want to begin to, as always, switch things up I may not do this for every single episode, but with this particular segment, Sovereign Existences, I want to go over things like you know practicing discipline, practicing mindfulness, learning discernment, proactive real-world action, uh, getting involved in your community, you know, have it, w- w- what the importance of having a purpose is. I wanna, With this segment, I want to talk to you guys. Just shoot you straight. We're not going to get into the news. You know, I'm not going to pull up crazy articles saying, like, look at this, look at this. I'm not going to do that to you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to talk to you like I would when I'm on the Instagram live, you know, and, 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 and responding to some of your guys' questions. And the reason I say that is because as these times get intense, we have got to begin to foster a better relationship, not only with each other, but with ourselves. And if we don't begin to ask these deeper questions, we're not really going to get like the better answers back. You know, I trip out because I don't really think I'm doing anything special I see all this news coming up here. I pay attention to so many different things that I think, gosh, doesn't don't everybody else see it. Why not? With this segment, I want to slow down and try to go over some of your guys' questions and try to tie in some of these topics. You know, earlier this week, we had a fantastic question of, you know, will we have freedom in the next decade? And I think that's something I wanted to bring up with you guys. You know, what is freedom? What are we willing to fight for? What is hope? You know, do we know how to sacrifice, uh, Sacrifice ourself for the greater good. Do we understand the concept of selflessness of true compassion? You have a lot of New Agers out there that pray and worship crystals and that's all right But at the end of the day, where does that real-world action come into play? How is that free for everybody else? You're a slave to passivity you see Will we have freedom in the next decade? And if you ask me, I I, I don't know. I don't think anybody could definitively answer that question because, I think, what was it? It wasn't Jefferson. I think it was Franklin. They said, you're, you can have a republic for as long as you're willing to fight for it. And that's the same thing as far as freedom. You can have that for as long as you're willing to fight for it. That's the cost of freedom, is eternal vigilance. This is why I tell you to stay vigilant. And why we're even, well, why I'm even, beginning to try to have that discussion even deeper with you good people. About how, to me, freedom is discipline to me freedom is self mastery to me freedom is not being a slave to everything that is external not being a slave to your emotions not being slave to your bank account not being slave to post to social uh, pressures not being a slave to whatever what to everything else that's out there freedom to me is learning what truly does set you free it's the truth these times are going to be even crazier don't get me wrong but this is why you also hear me say that spirituality and religion is sometimes the highest form of, 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 of being rebellious. It's the highest form of resistance. There's an ancient uh, Chinese proverb that says, By sipping the tea, I stop the war. But that might go over some people's heads. And the reason I say this is because we have to begin to ask ourselves, What is freedom? Are we free if, if I've unfortunately habituated people to checking their phone? Are we free if we begin to get triggered by orange man bad? Are we free if we let all these, as I said before, external events dictate our internal compass? This is where the social pressures come in. The social engineering, the predictive programming, being aware of what's happening. So asking the question of will we have freedom in the next decade? I don't know. When you have millions of people that are lining up behind Greta Thunberg to come through and radically change everybody else's way of life so they can bend the knee. Is that free? Is it free if I get if I can't even say, hey, I like uh I like steak and that upsets like people to the nth degree. Like I have chickens now, right? Yeah, I need to do like a whole separate thing where I show you guys how big they've gotten they're laying eggs now. Uh, are my vegans listeners, are they gonna call that chicken periods? This is the this is this is the level of degeneracy of vulgarity that we're at these days. Is that free? Everybody's entitled to their own opinion for sure. Is that free though, whenever you're chastised for being who you are? What is freedom? Because to some pre- to some people the concept of freedom is something that they'd like to destroy. To some people, freedom is dressing up as the opposite gender and trying to get children to sit on your lap. To some people, freedom is worshiping the dark lord and You know, praying that he takes out your enemies. Freedom is a very vague concept in and of itself. Which is why I think inherently chose it is because it's not something that can be tied down. But I think freedom in in this context of the question of will we have freedom in the next decade, I think that's a good question because we don't know what we're fighting for. Medical freedom, you know, having the right to tell doctors that you will not forcibly inoculate my children? Do do we have medical freedom? Educational freedom, you know, to where we can send kids to school and they won't be uh, indoctrinated? Entertainment freedom, you know, to where we can just watch something that's fun and we're not being programmed. Freedom in the next decade is something that we're going to see altered and shifted and messed with because people don't have a a clear-cut understanding of it. They don't want freedom. The sad part is freedom to most people means following other people that's what we want we we, we we don't want leaders that's what I told you before at the start of the show they've killed initiative they've destroyed the ability for people to think for themselves do people want to set themselves free? Do they understand what freedom means day in day out? One of the opening statements I'd written for you guys, and I think I chose not to 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 use it because it was uh horribly written but uh one of the one of the the opening statements I had uh, using the case of freedom and hope is of the runaway slave, you know, who's run away from the plantation, who's 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 found uh, people who don't have the who don't want to keep him enslaved, who won't turn him in, who give him clothes on his back, who connect him with other people uh, and other free men who have left plantations and begin to you know begin to be, build themselves up. What is hope and what is freedom? Do you have the chance to take it? Do you have the do, do, do you have the temperament to keep it? That's the real thing. I think that's what people need to pay attention to. Because I've taken up a fair amount of your time, I'm going to try to go through uh, some of these things. This, this, this next question, uh, it's kind of in the same vein. How to fight the new world order, which ties into why this segment is titled What It Is, R- Sovereign Existences, Reclaiming Our Sovereignty. This is something we talked about before. Earlier in the show, how people have become so disenfranchised from their power, from their identity, from who they are, from what they could be, that they have no power, they have no identity. As I said before, most followers. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I think that people really do lack self-direction. They really do lack motivation. Because of how much information and content we're consuming. And how much how much of it has the same thread? I think people have a hard time truly thinking for themselves, coming up with original things. And then it, but how do you fight the new world order? You know, as you 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 reclaim your sovereignty. You don't become habituated uh, to going to McDonald's. You don't become habituated to, to buying junk food, to processed food lifestyle. You begin to pull back those those those. Those tentacles that they placed on you, caring about the latest fad, having to have the newest phone, you know keeping up with the Joneses. not even that people keep up with the Kardashians. Keep keep up with the Joneses. Keep up with yourself. Remember to spend time with yourself. This is something I want to make sure I, I, I cultivate in the future and I'll do it real good for exclusive members to where we break down these principles of, again, being able to communicate with yourself in a positive light, because that will dictate how deeply you connect with yourself, how far you ultimately want to go. And these are very real things. I think that's what's crazy, is I see that out there. I, I see how people have become lackluster, how, they've, how, how that, that, that fire within them, how it's been smothered. How people say things simply to get responses, superficial responses, just to play along. And that's very sad to me because you're being inauthentic. You're not knowing yourself. And I say this because uh, this level of awareness and reflection, it can only come from deep meditation. It can only come from breaking certain patterns, breaking certain habits, being aware of certain modalities, getting into certain mentalities and fixing things consistently. This is why when I asked when, when when they asked the question of will we have freedom in the decade in the next decade yeah if you fight for it consistently day in day out are you building up an infrastructure not only for yourself but for those that come after you you see that's what it's about fighting the new world order it's not it's a losing battle for sure but it's but it's a noble one it's one that at the end of the day no one can. No one person can do. But collectively, we can leave a mark, as we already are. And that's what people really have to understand. We are making change. It's just not happening as fast as we'd like. and It's not happening in the way that we'd like. We, we, we don't get movies for us. We don't get documentaries. We get those when we're dead. When they can write their, their narratives. But until then, we have to take ownership of our own wins. Getting the vaccine exemptions having people be aware of vaccines. Yes, all the stuff that we've talked about is true. Knowing the chemtrails are real. All this stuff, everything. The Satanism, the the organized human trafficking, Jeffrey Epstein, the Lolita Express, all of it, it's real. And guess what? No one's going to clap for us. So the only thing that we can really keep doing is keep fighting. And whatever we leave along the wayside is what people can work with while we're fighting the fight up front. How do we fight the New World Order? Simply put, some people might say, get into the system. You know, you got to be in system to fix the system. Some people might say it's better for you to be a symbol outside of the system. Some people will say, just burn it all down and start all over fresh. For every single individual, it's different. But if you're making truth be the primary goal as to why you're, you're fighting, you can't lose. Knowing full well what's on the other side. And I think that's where a lot of people get lost is they know full well what's on the other side so they choose not to fight. They think, "Hey, I'm one person. What can I do? You can do this. You can do more. You can inspire other people to to to, to set a blaze in their soul. You can you can you can help people in your community. You can be the <laughs> <be>, uh <laughs> I'll tell you guys a funny story. I um I have a bunny now. Yeah, uh, funny story. My washer broke at the house." And so I was going to the laundry re- the laundry room or the laundromat uh right down the street right near the gym and I had like 5 bucks in my pocket I, I, I was going over here to the to the dollar tree you know to go change out the cash to go get like the change for the dollar for change for the laundry and this Mexican dude and his daughter walks up I'm like whoa what's going on here I thought you know they're about to ask me for money then they pull out this uh Little cage, and it's two bunnies. And so they're like, Excuse me, sir, would you like a bunny? I say, Uh, y'all take five dollars. They Daughter looks at the dad. Dad says, Sure. Plucks that thing up out of my hand, picks that bunny up, throws him in my hand, and says, Give it alfalfa and water, and walks off. And I'm looking at him like, Okay, I, I'm now the owner of a bunny who's got dirty laundry in the back of his car. Uh, fast forward to just last week, because the washer still isn't fixed, um, I'm going back to that very same laundry mat, and I see this girl there, and she looks like she has an impairment of some kind. She's looking down at the ground. Um, I'm with you know, the girlfriend. We're walking into the store. We're walking into the laundromat, and I go to open the door like I do for everybody. It's how I was raised, and she shrivels. You know, She shudders. like She, she, she quivers. It's like, oh, gee. The girlfriend catches it, and you know I smile it off. I don't react to it. I smile. I keep smiling. I say, "Hey, let me get this for you." She's, and so she looks up at me after I get done saying it, smiling at her. After she gets done shuddering, looks up at me, you know, and gets this like this goofy grin on her face. I says, "Thank you." It says, "Thank you." Thank you. My girlfriend. She asks, "Why do you think she shuddered?" I said, "I don't care about the shudder. I care that she smiled." Because either A she doesn't have a good representation of black people, A she doesn't have a good representation of men, or A she doesn't or, or, or C <laughs> said A twice, C she doesn't have like a good representation of uh people within our generation, or just D, she has a horrible representation of all those things. And that's why I did it. Is to give her good representation in the first place. And that's how you can change. If you can't recognize where you're making change on the smaller end of the spectrum, there's no way you can affect massive change. And that's where I'm at. I'm trying to gradually figure out what's the better way to help more people understand their power and their importance without shouting so much. You see. And now I'm the proud owner of a bunny. <laughs> Hapitos, what I call him. He's a little lion head bunny. He is adorable. And as much of an as much of a distraction as you would think he is. That's all I gotta say. Uh, I'll, it's a regular day farm over here at Casa de Clinton. But continuing on To finish out this segment, and this is something I want people to think about, you know, because we've been talking about the mobilization and activation of the masses. Um, Are people waking up, or are they being programmed? This is the question I asked you, the audience, in our Instagram story, which is all the more reason why you guys need to pay attention to it. We typically ask questions Monday and Tuesday, or Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, all four. The Instagram live on Tuesday, but I asked the question of: Are people waking up, or are they being programmed? And the reason I ask this is because look at what's actually going on in the news. Where a lot of people are regurgitating talking points, as I said before, their followers—they don't have authentic, original ideas. I talked earlier before in the antagonizing anarchy segment about how, with the World Economist Magazine. They had the tarot cards where they had the Valley of Death, the people walking around, you know, doing these protests, carrying different banners with death overlooking them. People being mobilized and activated. Studies being conducted showing that forty percent of the country of, of the world's countries are expected to experience civil unrest. Are people waking up, or are, are, are all these things programmed? It's very ironic that we would be that we would be having all these protests at the very same time that the United Nations decided to have a complete switch up. Well. Uh, with the socio-economic reformation with how we've been doing things for quite some time. Very, very crazy how that happened. You see so again I have to ask the question, are people waking up or are people being programmed? If you ask me, I think it obviously it's a little bit of both. I think that some people are being programmed and we talked about this towards the end of season. Not towards the end but right around the middle of uh, season 9 where we talked about people literally being programmed by the AI. But I do think some people are, are actually waking up and this could be in a completely different thing. in a lot of contexts is, uh, waking up to what's going on, waking up to their truer selves, waking up to our ability to actually affect change. There's a lot of different ways to look at that question, but ultimately deep down, I think a wide, a, a vast percentage of the population is being programmed. This is why I sometimes hate having conversations with people because I know what they're already going to say. Uh, and I don't say these things I talk to them like real people about real things and it breaks the schism it breaks breaks the programming and so how do you wake people up in that capacity do they recognize that they're being programmed this is something that I've always struggled with and then being a content provider in the in the in the way that we are am I trying to reach the low hanging fruit or am I trying to reach the highest of the highs the pinnacles you see so these are these these are real questions but I think to stop being facetious and ultimately answer it, I think, as I said before, it's a little bit of both. Uh, You have to continually keep waking up. As these people say, stay woke. You have to stay in that mentality of always learning new things, teaching yourself something to do, gaining new perspectives, gaining different insights, and, and, and rediscovering truth constantly, trying to find the knowledge and the wisdom. I think you have to be in that state of mind, or you will get programmed. Sometimes, you know, sometimes you guys see it here on the show, the news and the, and the politics and all this nonsense, it comes through, it it comes, it comes through, but that's what it is, is because we're in such a information addicted and overloaded state, it's very hard for us to get back to that rediscovering of truth and wisdom, which is what got us here in the first place, because we feel like we do know it all. We feel like we don't need to learn anything new and that's dangerous. That's the first step to ignorance. So again, I ask the question, are people waking up, or are they being programmed? And so I had a few other things I want to talk to you guys about. The importance of purpose, practicing discipline, mindfulness, learning discernment, and so much other stuff. But I think you guys get the point. And because this has been a powerful return to our show, I want to cut it off there. But I also want to let, let you guys know that we will be doing more things like this in the future to give you guys, again, that deep, comprehensive view of what's going on and yes things are intensifying and we'll be right here alongside you guys as long as you'll have me and i have to start saying it that because we do diversify the information for your approval but you guys have to commit to me the same way that i'm committed to you to this mission and more ladies and gentlemen this is antagonizing anarchy climate refugees and sovereign existences Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Before I played the music, I wanted to say, you know, real quick, it is very crazy that I find myself here talking casually about the gradual degradation of society. But we also have to remember that as these things go, as these things typically are, it's always on the ashes. It's on, like, in Australia, unfortunately, we haven't talked about that, but in Australia, you know, They have these these, these devastating fires happening, but because of the heavy rainfall, and yes, they are experiencing, you know, meteors or uh, uh, snowfall that's the size of meteors and things like that, or golf balls, it's going to be restored. And yes, it's going to seem arduous and difficult at the time, but we have to understand that at the end of the day, that's part of the plan. And while we may not understand it, it's for us to go through so that we can grow through these things. We're going to get real deep this year, guys. Got a lot of different work to do. And like I said, thank you for tuning in to this edition. But before I go, here's your music. <laughs> and like I said, ladies and gentlemen, if you guys have any questions, feel free to email me. I'll have it in the description bar below. And as always, guys and gals, stay vigilant, expose lies, and share truth. This is Noise Era, Freedom Faction, out.
1: Sure.